Today on Hardwired. I'm here at this brook in the will of God. What's this thing doing drying up on me? God led me here. One way that God often signals that change is approaching is that your brook dries up. Now, let me tell you what the brook meant to Elijah so you can better understand your brooks. What was the brook to Elijah? The brook was his place of provision. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's program, you can always listen to it at our website, hardwired.org. You may have been listening to the program for a while or possibly just tuned in. Well, I want you to know that we do this for you. With a world that is searching and coming up empty, it's nice to know you can land on this message of hope and truth, something we all need to hear. So let's jump right in with today's program. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up in today's edition of Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, we're wrapping up our series on change today, and we're going to be talking about the signs of change. How do you know when God is wanting to bring change into your life? Well, there are several ways that God indicates he's bringing change. And we've talked about flexing with him, flowing with him, keeping the change that he brings into our life. And today we're going to be looking at the signs, the signs that God is wanting to bring change. I believe this is going to bless you. It's going to open your eyes. It's going to be a revelation to some on how God does send signs. Change is coming. So grab your Bible and something to write with, and let's jump right in to the signs of change. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. And verse 2, I'm actually going to start at verse 1 because I can't resist reading about Elijah's introduction to King Ahab. And we've been talking about change, change or croak. How many of you know that's true? We need to change, don't we? Uh, We need to be open to change. And I want to close out that series today by talking about the signs of change. The signs of change. And I believe God has a word in season for many of you. This is going to be a direct word for some of you. 1 Kings 17, verse 1. Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there won't be dew nor rain these years except at my word. I got to tell you, he's either crazy or he's got a word from God. Because you don't go up to a king and say, guess what, dude? It ain't raining till I say so. Amen? Now look at verse two. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Kareth, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Can you imagine that? So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Kareth, which flows into the Jordan. And look what happened in verse six. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Now I want you to know that's living by faith. (laughs) And it happened, verse seven, after a while that the brook dried up. Now there's my key verse. 
I want you to underline that if you've got a pen. It happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Father, thank you for your word today, and thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in speaking directly to our hearts and giving us a now word. And we thank you for that anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you better perk up and listen. You're going to need this today. And I'm going to ask that you check your cell phones to be sure they're not on. And I'm also going to ask there be as little movement as possible. Uh, I know sometimes we've got to get up, and I fully understand that. But um, unless you really do need to, just please keep the wandering to a minimum. We have wooden floors in here, and it's just uh, people are really listening I have noticed sometimes our teenagers get the wanderings and want to get up. So parents, keep them down. Amen? Amen. Smile at me. All right. We've been talking about change. And I tell you, the more I minister on this, the more that I know that it's true. And I think this is a now word for our church, but also it's a now word for many of you individually. The signs of change. Elijah is one of my favorite Old Testament characters. He comes out of nowhere, walks up to the most wicked king or one of the most wicked kings in the history of Israel and says to him, guess what? It's not going to rain until I say so. And just walked away, unannounced and walks away. Now that's guts. That's intestinal fortitude. That's spiritual courage. Now, a little bit of um, context here. God's about to judge the worship of Baal in Israel. He's about to bring the worship of Baal to a close. They have fallen. They've backslidden. They have been corrupted by Queen Jezebel primarily, who led them in the worship of a false idol. God will let you worship a false idol so long, and then he will bring that thing down. It will rot in your teeth. And Baal is about to be brought down. How's God going to do it? A crippling three-and-a-half-year drought is on the way that will rock that nation. I want you to think about a three and a half year drought. When we go six months without any moisture, it's a big deal. I've wanted for a long time to ask a meteorologist what it would do to a place to have no moisture at all, no rain, no dew, nothing for 42 months. It brought Israel to its knees. Ahab and his wicked wife, Jezebel, are about to be judged by God for their part in it. A great shaking is fast approaching changes in the air. And I could almost say that about America today. You can know that there is a shaking coming to America. And that's why I'm sharing what I'm sharing and preaching what I'm preaching. And that's why I'm ministering to you that the Word of God, the Bible, is the Word of God. And it can be trusted because we're going to need to be trusting it and leaning on it more than we've ever known, some of us. And there was a great shaking coming to Israel because of their sin. And as we've said the last few times now, the reality of change is the one thing that doesn't change. Change is always going to be changing or coming. Change is unchangeable. God never changes. The book of James tells us about the nature and character of God, that he never changes. He doesn't have a shadow of change in him. 
But our God brings change. He changes you and me. How many of you can say, God has changed me? I mean, really, when you came to Jesus Christ, it was like sticking your finger in a socket. He changed you. Come on, everybody. Am I talking to people in here who, who know the Lord? Uh, hey, you can't get close to God, but what God changes you. And God changes circumstances. The hand of his providence moves out and changes circumstances according to his will. His story is his story. Times change. Events change. People change. Fads change. What's in today will be out next week. I've seen so many fads come and go in America because there's always change. What's popular today will be out tomorrow. Jobs change, nations change, opportunities change. We live in a world of change. And God changes things in our life. God is God, and because he's God, he has every right to bring change to us. And he has every right to require change. Amen? God is a God of change. Now, this is why the Bible says to everything, there is a season. There is something, there is a season to everything. Our life is comprised of changes as we pass through differing seasons. The season you're in today is not the season you were in last year at this time, because your life is moving in seasons. And God gave us the climate to show us this. Winter, we're about to head there. Then there'll be spring, then summer, then fall. Life Nature is made of seasons, and God has made our lives to pass through seasons, winters, and springs, and summers, and falls. Now, since life is comprised of ongoing change, it behooves us as Christians to learn to flex and flow and learn to adapt to change. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall be blessed. Now, since life is comprised of change. You can expect that when it comes, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when God changes things in your life, when he alters things, when he leads you into a change. Because God is all about, though he doesn't change, he grows us up spiritually by change. Somebody wisely said, misery is a yesterday person trying to follow a tomorrow God. Misery is a yesterday person, somebody who just loves to hang on to whatever is back there. Misery is a yesterday person trying to follow a tomorrow God. God took care of your past at the cross and through the blood. And now here's what God says about you. He says, I know the thoughts I'm thinking about you. I'm mulling you over in my mind. I got your name. I got your number. I got your address. You are on my mind. And here's what I'm thinking about you to give you a future and to give you a hope. I'm thinking of good and not of evil. I want to bless you. I want to guide you. I want to anoint you. I want to better your life. I want to direct you. I want to use your life for my glory. I've got a plan and a purpose for you. You're not by mistake. You are not some result of an evolutionary process. You were designed by God in your mama's womb. He put together your chromosomal genetic makeup. He knew what you'd look like, what you'd sound like, what your personality would be, what your character would be. And he says, I've custom designed you for a purpose uniquely for you. 
Do you believe that? I want to tell the whole world that because we've got an entire generation that has sunk into the depths of nihilism. There's no meaning. There's no purpose. There's no reason. So what the heck? I'll throw my life away and I don't care about yours either. But when you realize you are a custom designed child of the living God that he put together piece by piece and to present you to the world filled with his glory and you've got a divine purpose on this planet, it changes the way you view you and it changes the way you view others. So God has made you, and God wants to use your life. And that means change. We'll get back to Pastor Jeff in a moment to close out today's program. But first, I want to share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a way that gets hardwired into your life. And we trust these messages from Pastor Jeff aren't something you can only listen to and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's a priority to us. And you get to join us in this important mission. Call us at 877-884-3111 to say you're in, or drop us a line at our website, hardwired.org. Well, here's Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. The late astronaut James Irwin said this, you might think going to the moon was the most scientific calculated project ever, but they literally threw us in the direction of the moon. We had to adjust our course every 10 minutes and landed barely 50 feet inside the 500 mile radius of our target. Can you imagine being in a steel capsule and somebody hurling you towards the moon? Pray hard. <laughs> Lots of luck. We'll be at the station. And there you go. And every 10 minutes, you got to adjust. Another 10 minutes, you got to adjust again. And with adjustments every 10 minutes, they barely made it 50 feet within the 500-mile-wide target they had. And that's what it's like following God. God's got a target for your life, a bullseye for your life. And when you get born again, he begins to carry you towards that target. But guess what you got to do? You got to adjust and change and flex and flow and change and adjust and change and flex and flow. You got to keep your ear to the track. You got to stay in prayer because what we're about to see with Elijah is also true of you. What God was telling you to do last year may not be what he's saying to you this year. He changes things. He has words of direction. He wants to guide us. And I have learned. I've been in this thing since I was 18 years old. I've been following God for 36 years. I'm 54 if you're trying to do the math. And I got to tell you, how many times have I had to change and flex and flow to, to keep myself on track for that target? And sometimes I do have barely made it 50 feet within. But I'm glad to say that if you're sincere in following God, he will see to it that you arrive where you're supposed to be. Amen. Now, one of the things that made Elijah so useful to God was his ability to change and flex with what God was doing. He could change and flex with what God was doing. 
And I made him very valuable. Now I want you to listen to some of the changes that Elijah experienced. He changed from the mighty prophet of fire, the mighty man of miracles, to a secluded servant living quietly for around a year and a half at the brook Kareth at the direction of God. One day he's in the public eye. Everybody knows who he is. He's the one that told the very king of Israel, it's not going to rain till I say so. Next thing you know, he's off at a creek under a tree, fed by ravens. Nobody knows where he is. There is a nationwide manhunt for him and they can't find him. Change. Then he changed from secluded servant to prophetic provider for the widow at Zarephath and her son for more than two years. There he is at the brook Kareth, and God says, I want you to go to Zarephath. And change came instead of being alone and ravens feeding him. Now he's in a house, a widow and her son, and they're being sustained miraculously by the presence of the prophet of God. Change. But God wasn't done yet. Then he changed again. And he stepped back into the public eye as the prophet of fire and miracles and brought the whole nation of Israel to its knees, calling fire out of heaven to devour the sacrifice, slaying 500 prophets of Baal from seclusion to major public eye. But then he changed once again. Change, change, change. He went from public prophet and the prophet of fire to the personal mentor of his future replacement, Elisha. Change, flex, flow, adapt. These were Elijah's middle name. He could flow with God. You know why? Because he was staying in touch with God. He didn't assume that because God did it this way three years ago, he's going to do it that way now. Now, as a Christian walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, change generally comes for one of four reasons. I'm going to tell you why it comes real quickly. You do something to cause it. You do something that brings change into your life. Maybe good, maybe bad, but it brings change. Two, others do something that impacts and changes your life. How many of you have realized you can't control what others do? And so because others do what they do, it changes your life. Third, it comes as a part of the normal life process. You're going through seasons. You're just changing the way God intended for your life to change. It's just natural. Now the leaves are falling off of all the trees. That's just natural change due to a season. Fourth, God directly, God directly leads you into change. It says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And you know what God never has to say? Excuse me or will you? Because if he's Lord, that means he's boss man. Now we love, he is Lord. We sing he is Lord until you tell me to do something I don't want to do. He is Lord. We sing it with all of our heart until he goes to try to get us out of our lazy boy or to mess with our comfort zone. Then we don't know if he's Lord or not. Well, he's always Savior. We got our fire insurance. But Lord means he can come knocking and say, I want you to change. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And you know what we do? We say, yes, sir, if he's Lord. And I'm telling you by the authority of this word, that I told you is the word of God. You show me somebody that says they're a Christian, I'll tell you how deep their Christianity runs by how much they will yield to the authority of this word. In Elijah's case, God brought change as a result of his judgment on Israel. So in Elijah's case, God was bringing in the change. Now, having said all this, how 
can you as a Christian know that God is bringing a change, that God is bringing a change? Now, I'm going to tell you one way you can know. It's not exhaustive, but I'm going to tell you one way that God signals to us that a change is coming. And in telling you about this, I'm going to balance it out with a typical wise check and balance system necessary for all supernatural guidance. But I want to tell you one way that God signals that a change is coming. The Bible says of Elijah, and it happened after a while, it happened after a while that the brook dried up. Now, wait a minute. God led me to this brook. Wait a minute. He told me to come here. I'm here at this brook in the will of God. What's this thing doing drying up on me? God led me here. One way that God often signals that change is approaching is that your brook dries up. Now, let me tell you what the brook meant to Elijah so you can better understand your brooks. What was the brook to Elijah? The brook was his place of provision. The Bible says that twice a day, God provided bread and meat through the appearance of a raven, one of the least attractive of birds. So unattractive, Edgar Allan Poe called his dark poem, The Raven. God provided from the most unlikely source. Here he is at the brook Kareth by the word of God. God said, you go there and I'm gonna feed you with a raven twice a day. So morning and evening, here he is. And here comes this raven. In one claw is bread and in the other claw is meat. And the bird drops it at his feet and flies away. Now you say to me, Pastor Jeff, do you believe that? Yes, I believe that. He made you, didn't he? He brought something out of nothing, didn't he? If he could say, let there be a raven in the first place, he can tell that bird to fly to me. Here he was with divine room service for a year. Can you imagine? Where is that raven? I'm hungry. Come on, God. It's high noon. And here he would come. Oosh, drop it and fly on for a year. That's amazing. Divine room service. But the brook was also his only source of water. You can live without a lot of things, but you can't live without water. He had to have water. And his only source was this brook. Now he's starting to get attached to this brook. This brook is free. It beats staying in the Holiday Inn. Here I am at a brook. I get food every day. I got water. I mean, I'm being serviced by divine room service, dropping me my food every day. I like this brook and the seclusion of the brook protected him from Ahab. But look what happened. Here he is under the guidance of God. And one day he wakes up and that familiar gurgling sound, that familiar bubbling sound, that familiar roar of the brook going by, suddenly there is silence. He doesn't even catch it at first. He wakes up and says, something is different. What is it? He goes down to the brook and it says, the brook had dried up. The brook had dried up. His place of provision had dried up. Have you ever had that happen to you? God sent him there, but now it's dry. What is this? God sent me here, but now it's dry. I don't understand because this brook was my provision. The very place of daily miracles, flowing water and safety suddenly changed. And this does and can happen with you and me as believers. And I'm going to talk to people that I believe walk with God, have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And I'm just going to share with you that I've had this happen to me. And so I'm going to take this physical picture and just pull it over into a spiritual reality. Here's a spiritual reality. You can have a spiritual brook or even a physical job. And you know that God gave you that job. Here's your provision. That's where you're getting your check. 
or a church or a, some source, some place where God is and God is meeting your need and God is visiting you and God's hand is on it and God led you there. But you can't put your finger on it, but one day you wake up and something has changed, something has shifted. Things may look the same, but the sense of the flow of grace to be in a particular situation has changed and lifted. Am I talking to anybody today? Things may look the same, the people may be the same, the surroundings may be the same, but something in you has begun to change. Thanks for tuning in today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 877-884-3111. You can also connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. It's no secret that our country has had some extreme challenges over the last year or two. People have been going through depression, isolation, emotional pains, disillusionment, and more and are looking for something to grab a hold of for security. Well, the answer is not in something, it's someone, Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is all about. So here's how you can help us get this message out. Being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. And we believe that these messages with Pastor Jeff are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 877-884-3111 or at our website, hardwired.org. 877-884-3111 or go to hardwired.org. Thank you for your very generous gifts. God bless and thanks for listening to Hardwired. Hardwired.